Welcome to Sports Shenanigans with Mullet and Houston. It is Bo's tired. I don't know. <laughs> it's not late, but Bo's tired. <laughs> but we have a lot to get to. NFL Wild Card Weekend. I'm ready to go. NFL Divisional Weekend. We got the championships coming up. Got a lot of headlines. There's a lot of stuff. And so we will start in the NFL. And we will do wild card weekend. Here's your quick recap of the scores. You had the Bills beat the Colts 27 to 24. You had the Bucks beat Washington 31 to 23. You had the Rams beat the Seahawks 30 to 13. The Ravens beat the Titans 20 to 13. The Saints beat the Bears 21 to 9. And the Browns beat the Pittsburgh Steelers 48 to 37. So, since we've had the divisional round now, let's focus in these games on the teams that lost. So, Bills-Colts. Colts lose 27-24. It is the first postseason win for Buffalo since 95. Uh, There were some questionable play calls by Indianapolis, and Frank Reich defended that play calling. And Frank Reich stated that he would like Phillip Rivers to be the starting quarterback next year. So, Casey, what are the Colts going to do? It appears that Casey may be frozen. Let's see. I'm going to say that's what it is. So I'm not sure if he can hear me. I'll start with my take then. Uh, As far as the Colts go, the play calling was definitely questionable. The. uh... Oh, he's back. Back. Well, hey. You're back. I switched internet. Oh, okay. I'm back. I'm using better internet. So, you know, I shouldn't be gone. I should stay here for the whole podcast. Well, good. So, I had just asked you what you think since since we've had the divisional round. Let's focus on the teams who yep. lost wildcard weekend. And what did you make of the Colts since it was the first game of the weekend? Um... I think we shot ourselves in the foot, you know, a couple of times. I think the ref shot us in the foot a couple of times as well. Um, they did give us a break when at the end of the game, that was a fumble. Exactly. So, I mean, really it's kind of like a both way, you know, you get calls, you lose calls. It's football. That's what happens. Um, unless you're Tom Brady. I think, well, yes, unless you're Tom, but overall what I gathered was, 
this is about as far as Rivers can get us. I think he can get us to the playoffs. He might win us a game. I think that's about it. I think, like everybody else says, we're a quarterback away from going all the way. We've got a lot of pieces that are perfect, prime, you know. this It's in a win-now mode. So, like I said, we're a quarterback away is what I gathered from this wild card weekend with the Colts versus Bills. Yeah, I, I there was some questionable play calling done by the Colts. Um, a missed field goal didn't help. Um, I mean, just a lot of things. The Colts jumping off sides when everyone in the world knows that Buffalo is just trying to get you to jump off sides and they're not actually going to run a play. Um, you know, you know, I, I didn't think that this year we were going to be able to make a deep run uh, with Rivers. Um, so I'm hoping that this experience at least was good for the people who hopefully are – hopefully Rivers is gone and the people who will still be there, hopefully the experience is good to learn from. Obviously, I would have taken – you know, the more experience, the better. So I would have taken a win. But, uh, no, I definitely – if you would have told me that we were going to go to Buffalo and play the Bills and they were going to score 27, I just said, I'll take it. Uh, yeah. And, uh, the, the, I mean, the bottom line was that I felt – I really did. I felt like the Colts lost the game more than Buffalo won it because I thought the defense played very well um, aside from the jumping off sides. Um I thought that the the play calling was interesting. When you have third and goal at the one, I don't know why you don't run it with Jonathan Taylor behind Quentin Nelson and instead opt to pitch it to him, Mm -hmm. proceed to lose four yards, and then go for it. And I understand if you go for it, if you run it with Taylor behind Nelson and he doesn't get it, and, he, mm-hmm. you know, it's no gain. You lose four yards and then you still go for it. Like, so now you got to gain five. I don't, I don't know. But also uh, the kicker, the rookie, uh, Hot Rod, he, uh, he missed a kick later. That was a 33-yarder that should have been an easy make. Um Yeah, I just uh, I just really felt like the Colts let that one slip away. And it kind of confirmed what I thought about the Bills. I thought I thought the Bills are beatable. They're not, you know, impenetrable. They're not this great team. I know a lot of people have the Bills as the best team and they're the favorites and they have Josh Allen playing better than Patrick Mahomes and they're insane. Mm-hmm. Um and this game proved it because I think if Indianapolis plays Kansas City, granted, you know, Indianapolis beat them last year, but I don't think it's – with Phillip Rivers, I don't think it's even – I don't think it's a match. Um, and so uh, – but, yeah, that's what I took out of it. I'm really discouraged by Frank Reich saying he wants Phillip Rivers as the quarterback. I mean, 
I get it. Like you, you got to pass with a guy in your emotion. It's an emotional response. I, I read that Chris Ballard said that they're, you know, each side's going to take another month and reconvene and see what they're thinking. I'm hoping and I'm praying for everything that is good and just and holy in this world that Philip Rivers decides to retire and can just make that call for them. <laughs> yeah, that would be nice. I, I do not want Frank Reich to be part of the reason we keep Philip Rivers for another stinking year because that's just like you said, I think this is as far. I think we saw the absolute best it's going to get with Philip Rivers and he's going to be a year older. So it's probably going to get worse. Uh, yeah. I mean, we already kind of, we uh, we'll get to this a little later, but we just watched Drew Brees against the Buccaneers. Like Philip already looks like that. And I don't want another year mm-hmm. <laughs> of that. Um, I'd be really interested. You know, Darnold was great, and now it sounds like they're going to stick with him and not draft because they ended up with the number two pick. Went sounded great, and then it sounds like they're going to keep him because they fired Doug Peterson, which we'll also get to here in a little bit. Um, I mean, the options right now aren't looking as great because – the reason I liked Darnold and Wentz is because it was like we could bring in a young quarterback who could give us a few years and they have shown can play at a high level. Um, right now, I'd say our best bet. And and I'd like a, someone who can come in and play because I don't have we're in a window right now and we don't have time for someone to develop like uh, if we drafted a quarterback or something other unless it was Trevor Lawrence. But um. Yeah, I think I think right now Matthew Stafford's probably the best option out there. Uh, just kind of put him in, you know, plug and play Matthew Stafford, get him for a couple years. Um, I'm trying to think of who else was out there, but I really, I'm, I'm really think it's been limited down to Matthew Stafford or Philip Rivers at this point, um, as far as quarterbacks go, and. If I have to deal with another year of Philip Rivers, I, I mean, it's point. It's like you're, it's like you're watching the season, knowing that you aren't gonna win anything significant. (laughs) (laughs) So, what about the Bucks in Washington? What about Washington? We had Alex. Sorry. Oh, sorry. The we had Alex Smith inactive. Taylor Heineke started, and it was the first playoff win for the Bucks since they won the Super Bowl back in the early two thousands with John Gruden. Uh, from this game, uh, Washington has got some good stuff. You know, and it's Riviera. What's his first name? Ron. I thought it was Ron, but I both said Rod. Ron Riviera, whatever, um, has really kind of turned that team around. I think they had a few pieces in the beginning uh, before he got there, but he's really made that team, you know, actually, a, you know, that's not a t- terrible team. Like next year, I could see them definitely being like they got in there with a record of what, like seven and nine, uh, even seven and nine. I could easily see next year, you know, them being a 10 and, six team i think it is yeah 
10 and 6 or 10 and 7, whatever our new schedule is. But yeah, it'll be a, I could yeah, easily see him being another game. Because the expectation is, you know, they'll probably go out and get a quarterback because Alex Smith, obviously, as great of a story as it has been that he has come back, and I love it, and I, su- I support him with everything, he's not your future. And mm-hmm. Haskins, I believe they're going to go. Heineke, yeah. he looks good, but, you know, I don't know. He's he's bagging groceries. I, he probably wasn't. <laughs> he's doing something along those lines. Like, he's not necessarily – your franchise from there. So like they'll probably go out, you know, there's some quarterbacks out there right now that are going to free agency that, you know, they might change teams and Washington has a good defense. They've got some guys on the offense that look good. So easily they could be in the playoffs for the next couple of years and could do some damage. So bright spot there for the bucks. Um, I mean, you have, they should have put up more points um, because, I mean, you have three number one wide receivers a number one tight end and two running backs that are pretty dang good. So, I mean, I expect them to put up 40 every week, but, I mean, that's not feasibly possible. If they, I think <laughs> if they had a younger Tom Brady, they would put up 40, 50 every week. But, obviously, with Tom Brady, he's, he's got to be – a couple years from retiring, he's in the decline of it. So gotta be. He's got <laughs> to be, hopefully. But, so overall, I mean, they did good. Obviously, they won. Um, but yeah, Washington's on the up. Yeah, Washington defense looks like it's good. Chase Young is definitely going to be defensive rookie of the year, and. Um, so, I mean, promising it over there. Uh, another team that's got to figure out the quarterback situation. I think they've got some good running backs. They've got, got McLaurin, so that should be good. Um, so, they got some they got some young pieces, but they just got to figure out who that quarterback's going to be. Um, and then, yeah, as far as Tampa Bay, it's just, man, I wish they would lose. Um, <laughs> the, the Rams beat the Seahawks 30 to 13. So the Seahawks, okay. This is the most, maybe most confusing team of the NFL season this year is the Seattle Seahawks started amazing. Russell Wilson was by far and away MVP favorite. I mean, he was on pace with Peyton Manning's touchdown record. Um, I, I mean, they just started insane. It looked DK Metcalf, Tyler Lockett. It looked like the offense was unstoppable. There was some concern to the defense that they couldn't stop anybody mid season. Seattle makes a trade for Carlos Dunlap. Jamal Adams comes back healthy. That defense figured it out. They start holding teams to whatever they're pressuring the quarterback. The defense is looking really good. And now the offense falls apart. And the offense can't do anything. Russ started turning the ball over like he was imitating Daniel Jones um, or Jameis. And then you get to this playoffs, and this is one that I got wrong. So I got the first two right. Well, as far as, you know, you know, the covering and everything, the spreads. And 
the this is one I got wrong because I thought Seattle would win. And I really just put it on, I think Russell Wilson will figure it out. And the Rams are starting Wolford. And there's no way Seattle loses this game. Mm-hmm. And they got him. Barris. Now, granted, Wolford got hurt and then Goff came in, which is a whole nother question in itself of why Goff wasn't playing anyway, if he was capable of it. Yeah. Um, Russ had a terrible pick six, which I'm not even sure how it's possible it happened. It was on a screen pass. And I mean, he threw it half a yard forward and it got picked off for a touchdown. Um, but I just can't figure out Seattle. Seattle's fired their offensive coordinator. Apparently, they're interviewing Adam Gase, uh, as if that would solve their problems. Yeah, um, that would, ugh. but I don't know what happened to see. They were, they looked like they were unstoppable. It was like they're gonna be, they if their defense can figure it out, they'll be unstoppable. Their defense figured it out and they fell apart. You only have one good thing, apparently. <laughs> yeah, at least they were winning games when they had no defense. Yeah, but I mean, Russell Russell Wilson went from MVP favorite to turn the ball over three or four times a game. It was insane. Um, the Ravens and the Titans. Ravens beat the Titans 2013. This is the other one I got wrong from the weekend. I thought the Titans would pull it out. Um, Lamar Jackson runs in fast forward. Um, Derrick Henry was shut down. Mm-hmm. Uh, and there was a logo celebration by the Ravens where they danced and stomped on the Titans logo Uh because the Titans had been on their logo previously. So, Casey, thoughts? Um, Lamar Jackson's probably the fastest guy in the league. Um, it's really hard to not say that. Tyreek Hill? I mean, I'd love to see the two of them race. Because, I mean, I feel like it's going to be tight. Now, probably could be wrong. But, I mean, the two of them running super fast. Uh, but that helps a lot. And the Ravens' defense showed up. They stopped Derrick Henry, who definitely the best running back in the league right now, um, at the absolute tank and a behemoth of a man. Um, so that's incredible, which is why the Titans only got 13, because if they don't have that run game, um, Ryan Tannehill is good, but he's not a I'm going to take over the game. It's a I can get the I can manage the game as long as we got a run game. And they didn't really have the run game. And for the whole dancing on the logo thing, I hate it. It makes me it makes them all look like to me like they're twelve year old twelve years old and don't know how to act. Um, I get celebrating, that's fine. And I mean, you score a touchdown, celebrate. You did something awesome but also act like you've been there before and act like you're going to be there again is how I, I've always viewed it. Granted, I've never played, so I've never had the moment to celebrate it. I probably would lose my mind. But at some point, I mean, these guys who are in the NFL, they've all scored at some point in their life, I would hope. And 
they should know how to act and it's the same thing as like Juju and Chase Claypool with the whole TikToks and all that stuff. They need to just pool it and learn how to act and figure things out. I'm not a fan of the dancing on logo things. What a freaking killjoy. My goodness. I loved it. it I loved it. I didn't. I loved it. It was amazing. It was, it was team building. It was, it was fun. And it all started because a few weeks prior, Tennessee had gone onto the, they'd brought the team out onto the Ravens logo. So this was the Ravens sealing the game and saying, you come onto our logo, we go onto your logo. I, this, the amount of disrespect and pettiness, I am here for it. It can be in every game. I don't, I don't under, I don't, I, I, how do you not like it? I mean, because they're all acting like 12 year olds and I want to see. No, Casey, they're not. They're acting like grown adults who just did something and screw you. At year, they're allowed to celebrate. I'm not bang or dissing on that i'm just dissing on the like why like what's what do you get out of celebrating on the logo like what happens though it's the disrespect it's the it's the feud between the teams well but look at it this way so like one of those guys is probably going to be free agent guess what i'm a manager or whatever i'm probably not gonna even have a conversation with you so you've already you've just limited yourself from why I can't think of the exact number of teams, but you because I don't want that kind of attitude on my team. I will I will ha- I will not only have an interview I will offer you a contract on the spot. Well, I will offer you a contract over the phone. You have passion. You care. I love it. <laughs> Anyway, we digress. Moving on to the Saints and the Bears. 21 to 9, a point away from covering for the Bears. Uh, Anthony Miller was ejected for striking a Saints safety, CJ Gardner Johnson. I don't, I believe that's the same guy who was ejected prior this season for hitting someone. Uh, on the Bears, so I don't know what's going on with that, but the Saints made pretty quick work of the Bears. It was a very boring game. Uh, it was actually it was twenty-one to three, and then Jimmy Graham scored a touchdown. His time expired, so it wasn't even as close as it appears. Um, I did find it interesting that Drew Brees, fresh off of all the broken ribs and stuff, up twenty-one to three with the game. Exp- time expiring uh sean payton had him run a sneak on the goal line that that intrigued me um it's similar in week one when uh when payton they were up the game was over and he kept them in and kept going and throwing and throwing and then michael thomas got hurt and pretty much was hurt the rest of the year um it's an interesting strategy i'll just say that and uh but i mean the i this was a pretty boring game it was on nickelodeon 
Um, and they probably got a fine from Nickelodeon because uh, a ref was making a call and a player was standing ne- a little too close to the mic and didn't like the call. So a uh, little, little language there for the Nickelodeon kiddos. But uh, what, what did you make of it, Casey? I mean, there wasn't much. It was pretty much as expected and wasn't much to it. Uh, yeah, I mean, we all expected the Bears lose. I mean, they sh- really shouldn't be there. <laughs> they were, yeah, they have a lot of issues going on. They need to figure some things out, but they were there. Uh, we expected the Saints to win. They won. They won by a good bit. Um, I never really understand football players who, like, try to punch other football players when they're wearing pads. Because yeah. <laughs> That's just got to hurt you. That's going to break your hand. That's not going to do crap to them. So that doesn't make any sense to me. You know, well, is it, was it the same guy who earlier this season got in the thing for no reason? I don't think it was. I think it was. I know it was a Bears player. receiver. Yeah, it was a Bears receiver, but I don't think it was Miller. I think Miller, it was a different guy. Okay. Yeah, they're yeah. I don't. The Bears have a lot to figure out, and apparently they're not doing anything about it because they are keeping Nagy and Pace, both of them, <laughs> GM and coach. So, and then you had for Sunday Night Football, you had the Cleveland Browns and the Pittsburgh Steelers, and the Browns got their first playoff win since 1995, their first road playoff win since 1969. So very long time for that. And uh, the Steelers came out the first play, snapped it over Ben's head, touchdown Cleveland. Uh, Shortly after that, there was an interception, and then Cleveland scored. Shortly after that, uh, there was a punt, and then Cleveland scored. Shortly after that, there's an interception and Cleveland scored. Um, it was 28 to nothing by the end of the first quarter. Um, and that was where I turned it off. Yeah, the the Steelers tried to climb back into it uh, throughout the rest of the game. Final score ended up being 48 to 37, um, which that Pittsburgh defense was supposed to be the greatest thing. Now they had some injuries, but uh, – if you thought the Steelers have 37 points, you think they probably weren't down 11. Um, but, I mean, the Browns went in there and they lit it up in Pittsburgh. You know, it felt a little extra special because Pittsburgh has pretty much dominated that division for the past 10, 15, 20 years. Um, and so they get in there, they get a big win. I mean, is this the is this the end of Big Ben? Is big you know a lot of quarterbacks here? You got Rivers, you got Big Ben, Drew Brees, all these quarterbacks coming to the end. Tom Brady is Big Ben looked like he was not worth anything, and he did for much of the latter half of the season. Well, um, the last couple of years we've all talked about Big Ben needs to retire. Big Ben needs to retire, and they need to figure out what they're going to do after him. So I, I mean, I think he should retire. Um, I don't know if he will, but. I mean, he, he does not look good. No. 
in any aspect. I mean, nope. the face, everything doesn't look good. Um, <laughs> uh, the Browns advance. Um, Baker gets his first playoff win after getting the first play, his first playoff berth. Uh, has this solidified is Baker? I mean, are they going to, I'm assuming this solidifies Baker will get an extension in Cleveland. Oh yeah. I would, I mean, he got him a to the playoffs and then B he won a game. Uh, so in my books, that gets you another extension. <laughs> when you do that with the Browns, when you do that with the Browns, that that'll get you an extension. Yeah. I mean, even with any team, I would think that would get you an extension, but yeah. yeah, I mean, he's their guy for, I mean, a little bit longer. I mean, I don't know how long he'll be there, <laughs> but I think this is probably going to be good for him. It builds confidence. You know, we can get to the playoffs. Uh, I can manage a game, get us to win a game in a primetime moment because they don't normally play in those moments. Um, but, yeah. So, some headlines that came out throughout the week then were, first it came out, so the initial reports in Philadelphia was it was sounding like they were going to strip the roster and rebuild, and, uh, and Doug Peterson was safe. And then a report came out that Peterson was on shaky ground and could be out if the owner wasn't confident about the coach's vision for the team after they met. And the next day, Eagles fired Doug Peterson, which to me says that they sided with Carson Wentz and they want Carson Wentz to stay, um, as well as a lot of this current roster. Um, I mean – I've been calling for Doug Peterson to be in hot water for a while, and I thought I wasn't going to get it, but I also didn't care because I was like, go ahead, fade into obscurity, Eagles. But, uh, I mean, what the whole Doug Peterson fight, I mean, it was a bit surprising. What, what, did, what did you think of it, Casey? Um, I mean, I was a little shocked that they did fire him. Uh, I figured that, you know, they'd be like, oh, you're on very thin ice this year. Um, but we want to see what you're going to do. Um, my guess is he came into that interview or slash meeting and was like, get rid of Carson Wentz, go with Hertz, uh, and do a couple other things that just did not make sense to Jeffrey there. And he was just well, like, oh, I guess. Did. I should correct. It did come out that Peterson apparently left. They like mutually agreed to, I guess Peterson wasn't fired. They mutually agreed to part ways. Peterson said, quote, he was tired of people telling him what to do. Uh, A lot of, a lot, (laughs) a lot of weird stuff going on in Philadelphia. I thought, see, I thought Peterson was going to not be fired. I thought they would, the roster's old. So I thought they would start cutting, you know, Jason Kelsey, Fletcher Cox, Zach Ertz, Carson Wentz. I thought they'd strip the roster down and rebuild. 
And basically, be, and not that I thought that Doug Peterson shouldn't be fired, but Peterson won a Super Bowl and then followed that up with – he won a Super Bowl and then was there another year in between there? They made the playoff. They won the division last year and made the playoffs. Mm-hmm. Um, and so you think he won the Super Bowl last year. They won the division. Then they're in the playoffs. So you have a bad year this year. Again, the past two years, the Eagles have been the most injury hit team in all of sports. It feels like. Um, but so you have a down year. You have a weird thing with your quarterbacks going on. I thought Peterson might be given the benefit of the doubt because of Super Bowl playoffs last year. Something has to be going right, but apparently something, there's a lot of drama that I don't think anyone knows about. I think there's more, there's more stuff in that organization than anyone has let out of it. (laughs) Yeah. I think, you know, that last game really didn't help him. I think if he would have, Left Hurts in, probably play, let him, or at least try to win a game. Uh, probably would have helped his case a lot more. Uh, maybe he would still be there, but apparently things I mean, quick. Here's a guy I feel bad for is Nate Sudfield. He will forever be synonymous with they weren't even trying to win because they put Nate Sudfield in. Like the poor guy. Mm-hmm. Like he's just in there. He's trying his best. And everyone says, clearly you are losing this game. Clearly you are trying to throw it because you have Nate Sudfield. <laughs> and we yeah. all know that he stinks. <laughs> so I feel bad for that guy. <laughs> oh yeah. Uh, so the drama, we switch from drama in Philadelphia to now we have drama in Houston. Deshaun Watson, not happy. Not at all. And really not good because he's really all Houston's guy. Yeah. Um, he wants out of town. He wants out of town now. He is liking Instagram posts and tweets and whatever. And, uh, there are fans protesting on his behalf that he's having to tell them to calm down. And, uh, but he wants out and there are a couple teams right now that are front runners, which probably means that there will be some team that comes in and swoops in and gets him that no one is even on the radar of, because that's how things usually work. Uh, Right now, the Jets and the Dolphins are the two that they're saying are most likely because they can offer the most draft capital. The Texans are in this really weird spot where they are terrible. They have no draft picks and they have no money, which is rare. Yeah. <laughs> um, there are a lot of teams in play. I don't. I would. I don't know. I think I told Casey this. Uh, I don't know if I've ever seen such a diverse reaction. When Deshaun Watson said he wanted out, nearly every team in the NFL started, every fan base wanted him on their team. Um, I think with the exception of, you got Kansas City with Pat Mahomes, you have Green Bay with Aaron Rodgers, you have the Chargers have Herbert, um, maybe Arizona, they have Kyler. Seattle has Russ. 
Um, who am I missing? Buffalo has Josh Allen. I think they're probably sticking with him. Uh-huh. And Rodgers. Yeah, I said Rodgers. I think other than that, everyone's like, yeah, we'll take Watson. <laughs> like there's there's a very short list of teams in the NFL that aren't in need of Watson services. Yeah. Um so I guess th- right now the proposal from the Dolphins would be give them Tua Tungavailoa and you give them draft picks. They've got a bunch of them. The Jets pitch would be draft picks and I guess maybe Sam Darnold. Um I think a team that could swoop in that I desperately don't want this to happen because I feel like this team would just be unstoppable. But if the San Francisco 49ers offered up Jimmy Garoppolo and some draft picks and brought in Deshaun Watson, we're talking that might be the next dynasty with that defense. And you add Deshaun Watson in with George Kittle um, and that O-line. So Definitely some teams out there that people are people are speculating he might go to. I would love to have him in Indianapolis, but now that Bill O'Brien's not there, I don't think Houston's dumb enough to trade him in division. Um, but man, that would just solve all our problems. We yeah, wouldn't would. we wouldn't have to play him, and we'd have him. <laughs> but I mean, where where do you see this Watson's stuff going? Um, I don't see him going to the Jets because it's a no, he has a no trade clause. He basically gets to dictate, oh, I don't want to go there or I get to go there. Oh, uh, interesting. I did not know that. Now, concerned about that. I'm pretty confident he has that. Well, but he has like, you know, there's in magazine, you know, New York wants him and he has been liking pictures and liking tweets. The thing is, is like, you go from Houston that has nothing to the Jets that has nothing. Like, Bob Salah. I, that's all they got. <laughs> Mike LaFleur. There's no players. So that's my big thing on that and why I don't understand why Jets really think they have a shot. Yeah, they do, but I just don't. It doesn't make sense to me because there's nothing there for them to build up from. Um, they do have a lot of money. That does help. Um, Miami makes the most sense. Mm, Dolphins they, fan. I am a Dolphins fan, but I mean, I, I, looking at Houston and what you can receive from a team, Miami can offer the most. I mean, they can offer you to a the number three pick, the number Your eight pick. pick. Yeah, they can offer their own stinging pick back. Um, they have two second-round picks in this draft and obviously first-round picks in next coming years. And so, I mean, they can all give them so much. And then for Watson, it's looking at a team that, okay, they went 10-6, and six, you know, they just... Casey froze there for a minute, so I am going to fill the dead airspace with my voice and wait for him to come back into our reality. So what he was saying there is the Dolphins went 10-6, and 
and now he's no he's we're still working back i thought he was coming back there we are on a major delay here on zoom and uh now i think he's back so dolphins went 10 and 6 here we go the dolphins went 10 and 6 Really are only a few pieces away from making the playoffs and probably making a run. They have a very good defense that's very young, and it's going to be good for uh, a couple years probably probably before they lose uh, people. So you look at that and go, that's probably the best team that has the most to offer that he can go immediately and probably make the playoffs with. Yeah. The 49ers, I don't know. The 49ers I mean, are interesting, though, if you wanted Jimmy Garoppolo instead of Tua. That is true. I mean, if they can, they'd have to offer probably more first rounds in the future rather than up front, which mm-hmm. not necessarily a bad thing. Uh, but that that would be a very interesting spot for him to be. I did hear, I, I think this is, I'll. Well, I'll wait until we get more current. Okay, so um, let's see. Jared Veldier signed with the Packers. He was on the Colts. He's the first player in NFL history to play a postseason game with two teams in one season. I did not realize this was possible. Like you're like one team loses and all the you can sign guys after that. I don't know. I didn't realize that was a thing. <laughs> um Anthony Costanzo announced his retirement, which is saddening for Colts fans because now we have a need at left tackle. And he was a fan favorite as well. I have no idea what you said. Oh, okay. I was talking. Anthony Costanzo retired. Uh, yeah. Okay, there. yeah, that is sad. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so let's see. We talked about that. Oh, Chuck Pagano re- retired. So Colts have not so fond memories of Chuck Pagano. Well, they probably have some fond ones, but mainly mediocre ones, I guess. Um, but yeah, yeah, but he retired. He was the bears defensive coordinator and he said, I'm tired of this. Um, like I said before, the bears are keeping their head coach and GM, which is beyond me how that works out. Um, the Jaguars, one of the, one of the coveted, Job openings is the Jacksonville Jaguars. They are going to draft Trevor Lawrence and they hired Urban Meyer to take over their head coaching responsibilities. So, Casey, what do you think of Urban Meyer here? Um, I think at first I was like, this is a good hire. Um, and it still can be, but now that I've had time to think on it, it's kind of a risky hire because 
the whole reason he stopped coaching at Ohio State is because he had migraines or something. I think it was a tumor, actually. I know it was like a major health concern. Yeah, it was a major health concern. If his like blood pressure got higher than a something. Yeah, it was like it, stress related as well, which is not a head coaching thing. Yeah. <laughs> so like this could turn backfire on him because like he may be there for like a week and then go, I can't do this. So it could be really good. I mean, Urban Meyer, obviously, at Ohio State was great. Everybody loved him, or at least Ohio State fans loved him. And he <laughs> brought great talent in. So, I mean, I'm, there's no denying that he's going to bring talent into Jacksonville. Um, so, that's good for them. But, I mean, if he doesn't – I mean, obviously, it's been years, and so he's had time to manage and find ways to manage his health. Um but it'll be interesting. I mean, I like it overall as long if he stays, it's weird to say if the coach stays healthy, but I mean, if he stays healthy, I think they have a good coach that can, you know, start to build a good team with hopefully Trevor on it. I tell you what, I really like this decision as a Colts fan because now I'm not near as worried about the Jacksonville Jaguars as I would have been with Trevor Lawrence. So here's the, here's the deal with Urban Meyer. I think there, I mean, I'm there's a small percentage of me that's worried. There's a very large percentage of me that says this doesn't work out. I think you know, as you alluded to, he had some health concerns. This is going to be, is, I think it's Urban Meyer's first dip into the NFL. He's been a college coach his whole life. Um, those, those guys are kind of hit or miss whether or not they, they translate over. Um, I think Trevor Lawrence, they're going to be a tough, they're going to be a good team. They got Trevor Lawrence. Uh, you know, that's, that's kind of the, at this point, that's what the expectation is. Um, but I think urban Meyer, I think this is a high risk, high reward hire. I think there is a, I think it could work out and be brilliant. I think I think it is. It goes one of two ways. It is amazing, or it fails. Like it, there's not going to be a, well, we went ten and six and lost in the wild card round, or anything like that. It is going to be like, we are competing. We're winning the division. We're competing for Super Bowls here, or we are below five hundred. And I don't see it going any other way. Um. I, you know, I don't, I don't pay super close attention to college football. I think Urban Meyer did a lot of his coaching before I was even conscious that there was college football. Um, but I, I, the health concerns concern me with Urban Meyer. And I think that I'll be interested to see how it translates over into the NFL, especially after being out of coaching um, for a for a few years i thought he was doing great as a correspondent and i thought he could you know i thought he could just ride that media role into whenever he wanted to stop doing it but he's back into coaching he's in jacksonville and uh i mean we'll see yeah the uh the jets hired bob salah robert salah and uh, 
He's the defensive coordinator for the 49ers. Everyone loves him. He got passed over last year. No one knew why. So he got hired this year. Unfortunately for him, got hired by the Jets. And uh, But he's bringing Mike LaFleur in. Mike LaFleur is the, uh, the brother of Matt LaFleur over in Green Bay. That has worked out tremendously. Uh, part of the Andy Reid tree, I believe. And uh, so the hope in Jets, I, I – I've heard a lot of people, they say this is the best hire. You, you know, Urban Meyer went to Jacksonville, but a lot of people believe so far the Jets have the best hire at head coach in Robert Sala, um, especially as he brings in uh, what are many are optimistic as uh, Michael Fleur as his offensive coordinator. Um, so the Jets will be an interesting team to keep an eye on here. Um, you know, whether they get to Sean Watson or they just, you know, draft a bunch of people and pay free agents and stuff. I mean, if they don't trade for Deshaun Watson, I imagine they are going to have eight or nine players on their team that'll be starters that weren't there last year. Um, starting with probably oh, – yeah. I think they'll probably get C.J. Mosley back to start things off because um, he opted out of last season. Um, yep. But, I mean, I'm, I'm excited for this. I'm – really interested to see how 49ers defense bounces back from it uh, because I felt like he was a big part of the reason they had success, especially this year when most of that defense got hurt, all their superstars got hurt or they traded away Quan Alexander and they still played great um, as a defense. So I'll be interested to see how they bounce back. I'll be interested to see how the jets do, but I, I would agree with those that say, I think this is probably the best hire thus far into the off season. I would agree. Um, I'm still going to make fun of the jets because the jets um, and that'll never stop, but (laughs) it was a good hire and, you know, bringing in Mike is also good. Uh, that's two very good steps in the right direction. Now they just got to figure out, you know, Sam Darnold what they want, or do they want to trade back, or I mean, draft uh, Devonta, Devonte Smith, or someone mm-hmm. like that, and just keep going. They do need receivers there in New York. Yes, they do. <laughs> no matter who's quarterback. Yeah. <laughs> um, the Falcons hired Tennessee Titans offensive coordinator Arthur Smith as their head coach, which I thought that the interim coach was trying to kind of win that job, and I thought he did a fairly good job at it. The Falcons started winning there in the latter half of the season, but they're going with Arthur Smith, who coordinated the offense of uh, Tennessee with Derrick Henry rushing for 2,000 yards and Ryan, I guess you see what Ryan Tannehill is without Adam Gase and you credit some of that to Arthur Smith. And um, yeah, I mean, it is interesting. The Titans have two 2,000 yard rushers in the last like 10 years because uh, Chris Johnson did it too. Yep. So now there are rumors that uh, Matt Ryan and Julio Jones could be available for trade. Basically, anyone on the Falcons apparently is available for trade if the new GMCs fit. But uh, so I'm not sure what exactly Arthur Smith will have to work with there. But um, but it'll be interesting to see if the Falcons are able to kind of 
recover. They've been they've been a disappointing franchise for the past several years. Oh yeah, they've been on a big slide, skid down since they were at the Super Bowl. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, anonymous dolphins are quote unimpressed by Tua. I'm going to leave that for Casey. So I've thought a lot about this. Basically what I am coming down to is, you know, I would be unimpressed with him as well. Um, I was not super impressed with him this year, but I also keep in mind that just last year, he basically had a broken hip um, and was not walking, not really doing anything. So if you think about it, he spent this entire off season and basically the season trying to get his hip and leg and all that back into conditioning, which means he, not that he didn't work out everything else, but like he let everything go a little bit because he's worried so much. Okay. I need to get this all back into right and be, athletic and show a little bit that I can still move around. I can still be a good quarterback. So, I mean, I'm going to guess some of it, his zip, some of them of his, you know, seeing things, you know, are a little rusty because he didn't use it because he was worried about other things. And so I think it's that part makes it a little, him a little impressive. And then the other part is I think these anonymous dolphins are veteran dolphin players like vet players who look at it and go, we're 10 and uh, we were 10 and six and we didn't make the playoffs we're, and they're mad about it. And I think the playoffs and they wanted to be able to play for it. And so the rookie who everybody's already questioning, they jump on the train and basically put more doubt into the situation, which really is not that great because Brian Flores has already said Tua is their quarterback of the future. And I mean, or Fitzpatrick isn't even on the team anymore because he's a free agent. So, I mean, it's Tua, then two guys that were drafted like in the seventh round of a draft. So like, obviously two is the future. So why, I, I just didn't understand the why are they dissing him down when he is your franchise quarterback at this moment. Well, now I, I think just coming from that same perspective, I mean, I'll start with, I don't like the anonymous. I would much rather have players. If you're going to say something, you own it. Um, but I'm wondering, you know, maybe it is vets, but maybe it's, you know, uh, these anonymous dolphins are uh, trying to, I don't want to say create, I well, maybe they're trying to, because obviously no one was overly impressed with Tua this year. These anonymous yeah. dolphins might be saying, we have a good defense, Um we were 10 and six. If we had a better quarterback, we might've been in the playoffs. We might've had a shot to compete 
in these playoffs. Um, oh, yeah. And this came out after Watson was upset and the rumors start going that the Dolphins have a lot to offer in order to get Deshaun Watson. And I wonder if this isn't a, a push by some of the players to maybe say, we want, we would like to trade for Deshaun Watson and, you know, maybe, you know, sign a receiver or two running back and try next year and feel like he got a pretty good shot at the division or the very least the playoffs. So I'm wondering, I'm wondering if that's not what, what these unimpressed reports are that are coming out about to a, from inside the locker room. Yeah, I, I could definitely see it being that way as well. Um, I mean, if I had a shot, I mean, we do have a shot at getting Watson. If it's actually real that he doesn't want to be in tech at uh, the Texans anymore. Um, I mean, I'm not going to be mad if we trade for Deshaun Watson, obviously. I'm not going to be mad if we don't trade for him and we draft 12 people with those picks because that's how many picks we're going to have to give up for him. So overall, I mean, I'm going to be a happy camper because there's a lot going for the Dolphins. Um, I think, unfortunately, for those vets that we were saying, that's vets, you know, making these comments, they need more than just Deshaun Watson. Our offense is not good enough to get them to a Super Bowl. It's good enough to get them to the playoffs, but it's not good enough to get you to go anywhere. Because you look at the teams in this playoffs that have a chance at winning, they have elite weapons. Everybody has at least one elite weapon on the in the uh, playoffs now. So we don't have that. We would have Deshaun Watson, and that would be it. So... I think they need to realize you're still a couple more pieces than you think you are away. Um, you weren't supposed to be 10 and six this year. You're supposed to be about eight and eight this year. So, and you should have lost a couple of those games. <laughs> so, but yeah, if we can get Deshaun, Hey, do it. <laughs> um, speaking of Deshaun, multiple uh, reports kept coming through multiple people in and around the Texans believe Watson has played his last snap in Houston um well with the team um Andre Johnson very quiet guy probably going to be a hall of famer very dominant wide receiver there in the in the 2000s uh and early 2010s uh he tweeted out uh basically that the franchise is trash since Jack Easterby got there and uh, they waste players' careers and he stands with Deshaun Watson and he tells him to stand firm, uh, which is a lot of words coming from Andre Johnson. Uh, and once Andre Johnson came out, then a lot of former Texans started coming out and saying, we stand with Deshaun, please trade Deshaun, don't waste him, this organization's terrible, and whatnot. So lots of lots of fire coming on to the, the Houston organization. Um, I, I mean, I don't think it's ever good when your star, former star players start coming out and saying you're a terrible organization. Um, and then there was also, uh, just to get all the Deshaun Watson news out there, there was also apparently 
a uh, of fans who had planned to protest on Watson's behalf in Houston, and Watson needed to urge them to cancel that event. Yep. He is currently in New York, apparently. Um, I think wearing a Jets hat by, by the Twitter, it looks like. Ooh. So that's interesting. Green and white, so. Interesting. Wait a minute. There's a yeah. picture of him? Or that's someone yep. saying that he's wearing a green and white hat? Well, it's a green and white hat. It's a picture of him in a New York City cab. Oh, interesting. This is they, you know, when Peyton was a free agent, there was watch every move for Peyton Manning. Where is he going to go? And uh, back in his plane and all that kind of stuff. We are getting to that point with Deshaun Watson as we further and further believe that he will be not a Houston Texan next season, which also I enjoy as a Colts fan. The division is just imploding. Um, let's see divisional weekend, the Rams and the Packers, the Packers won 32 to 18. Uh, I had picked the Packers and, uh, I mean, there was a lot of questions. Number one defense. How are the Packers going to do? It's in Lambeau. How are the Rams going to do? Questions around golf since what happened the previous week. Um, I didn't think the Rams played poorly, but I think the Packers are just that much better. What do you think, Casey? Yeah, I think, you know, Devontae Adams is ridiculously good. Uh, Rodgers is ridiculously good. You put them together, you get a ridiculous combination. Um, And it's shown all year. I mean, Adams has most touchdowns of a wide receiver this year um i believe he is probably the most dangerous person on the one yard line because <laughs> i had him in fantasy this year and while i didn't get a lot of deep points i got a lot of touchdowns from the one yard line so <laughs> that's just coming from watching it every game on the tv and from watching it in person in one game this year um I mean, they got to the one-yard line, and I went, yeah, they ain't running that. They're passing it to Devonta, And what they do, <laughs> they did it every time. So, hmm. that's my thoughts on that. They're really good. There was also, apparently, Aaron Donald was wearing some sort of military-grade something on his ribs because he was injured. But, like, he, if it was a regular season game, uh, he probably wouldn't have played. But since it was the divisional round, he played. Um, I did see... And because and I say that because the Rams defense, like there was no pressure on Rodgers pretty much the entire game. But uh, I did see a video, uh, Aaron Donald and DK Metcalf over at Barstool. And they asked Aaron Donald how much he bench pressed. And he said 500 pounds. And the uh, the guy I related most with was immediately afterwards, the guy over on the side goes, What? And uh, and DK Metcalf is like, DK Metcalf is like, I do 350. And Aaron Donald looks at him and goes, that's it? As if 350 isn't immediately impressive. That has to be the first time anyone has ever been embarrassed to bench press 350 pounds. That yeah. is 
normally if you say I bench press 350 pounds, everyone goes, Oh my gosh, who is this guy? 500. This man, this isn't a man. This is an alien. This is a creature. I don't know where he came from. What's that's crazy. Yeah, I, I mean, there's really no words to express. 500 pounds! <laughs> That's the only words that you can say, like, 500. That's two very large human beings. That's like three average human beings. Yeah. That's like that's like three average male human beings. That's like That's like four average female human beings. That's crazy. <laughs> I don't I that blows me away. 500 pounds bench press. Uh, <laughs> oh, okay. Ravens Bills, Ravens 3, Bills 17. Uh Lamar got the monkey off his back, you know. He won the playoff game. That's everyone had a question. Well, that monkey jumped right back on because the game essentially ended with a Lamar Jackson pick six in the red zone, in the end zone. Uh, that sealed the game. I mean, the Ravens, they got three points. Granted, Lamar went out at the end of the third quarter and missed the fourth. Um, I mean... This is another case I talked about. I thought the Colts had kind of left some stuff out there and maybe had uh, lost the game. This is another game where I thought the Ravens, I think, outplayed the Bills, and they just gave it away. Yeah. I mean, Justin Tucker missed two field goals. Uh, The pick six was a killer. That was insane. Longest – Longest pick six, tied for the longest in in NFL history in the playoffs. Um, I mean, you go from a 10 at the very worst. Well, I guess Tucker was missing kicks. At the very worst, you think you go from a 10-6 game. You're either 10-6 or you're 10-10, and you go to 17-3, and it's over. All the momentum was with Buffalo. And then Lamar got hurt, and it was done. I mean, I I really, of course, the you know the center. I don't know what was going on with Baltimore's center. He rolled. They were in shotgun. He rolled one back to Lamar. Another one. He was off by about half a foot to the left of Lamar. And then the play Lamar got hurt on. He snapped it about ten yards over his head. Um, so I don't know what was going on with Baltimore's center. But I really I thought in just about every aspect of that game, I thought Baltimore outperformed them. Josh Allen and that dynamic Bills offense got you ten points, so there's that. Um, but I, yeah, what I mean, what do you make of the the Bills and the Ravens here? Um, I mean, obviously, when you lose uh, Lamar, that's going to hurt your entire offense because you know they're built around him. There's no other guy in the NFL that's even close to him, so like can't play the same as you normally plan. So that's, you're obviously not going to score. Tucker missing kicks is not good. Uh, that's weird to even say. Um, I think the big thing I take away from this is 
the Bills in the playoffs so far haven't put up that much in the points. Mm. So I'm a little concerned for them. Um, obviously, we're going to talk about the Chiefs here in a second, but I there's a possibility that they don't win this next game mm. because they're not putting up nearly what they were putting up in the regular season. Okay. What do you make of the the monkey saying, no, 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 Lamar, I'm not done with you yet? I think the monkey does that a lot um, to a lot of different players. Uh, so I don't think it's his first. I mean, it's going to happen to him a couple more times before he ever, you know, either wins it or he may become the Philip Rivers of this generation of football players. He doesn't get a ring. He's just a great player. Well, he can run, though, so that'd be different. But <laughs> well, it's a little bit different. Well, I mean, but I mean, seriously, there are people asking, you know, Ravens got a decision to make whether they pick up this fifth year option, whether they give Lamar a contract extension. There are people asking, should the Ravens move on? No. I mean, you if you move on, you literally have to change everything about your offense because it is tailored to Lamar Jackson. There's well, nothing about it that... So that leads me to my next question because there's also talk of should Greg Rogeman be fired, the offensive coordinator? I mean... I don't know. If you can bring another guy in that can, again, tailor to Lamar Jackson because he's such a different type of football player, then, yeah, go ahead and do it and see what you can get. But if you don't think another guy can tailor an offense like that, then, I mean, you stay with him for a little bit longer. I just think there's something missing in Baltimore. There's a piece that's not put in the right place, something going on. And you got, I don't know if it's Lamar. I don't know if it's the OC. Something something like the puzzle is almost done and you got one piece that just doesn't fit quite right in the last spot that I think is going to prevent Baltimore from taking that next step to being a Super Bowl contender and keeping them in the wild card division Mm -hmm one two done playoff category uh the browns and the chiefs this game got a little more interesting than we thought once patrick mahomes went out in the middle of the third quarter he missed most of the second half um once uh once mahomes went out they kicked a field goal because they had gotten that far at that point and it was pretty clear at that point that Kansas City was done scoring points and they were up 12 and it was defense, can you hang on with Baker Mayfield and the Cleveland Browns offense and not give up uh, two touchdowns here in the last quarter. Um, they gave up one, uh, some gutsy play call from Andy Reid uh, to seal the game up at the end and run out the clock. Um, Chad Henney, yep. uh you know, they won, so everyone's happy with him. But let's not forget, he basically threw a punt 
to the defense <laughs> that was intercepted. And uh, yeah. right now Mahomes is in. He's doing the whole concussion protocol thing. Apparently they said he doesn't have a concussion. It was a nerve in his neck that kept him out, that got tweaked or something. Um, and he also is dealing with a foot injury. But, I mean, the I think – Right now, they're saying the Chiefs are, like, cautiously optimistic. Um, Mahomes is expected to be back this week. And I'd say if Mahomes is back, uh, I like the Chiefs to beat the Bills. And if the if Mahomes is not playing, then the Bills just ran into the luckiest postseason ever. Um, the Browns, hey, good on the Browns. Uh, if Mahomes would have stayed in, there's a definitely a chance that uh, that game was not going to be as close as it ended up being. So I congratulate them for keeping it close, not being a blowout like I predicted it was going to be. Um, I think Browns took an important next step. They got play, first playoff berth and first playoff win in like 25 years. Um, so that's huge, and they'll build on that going into the next season. I think we probably see Odell get moved um, for some draft capital, um, which is interesting to think where Odell might end up. But what what uh, what did you make of the Browns and the Chiefs? Um, I mean, like you said, it's a good step for the Browns. Um, obviously. You know, if they play just about any other team other than the Chiefs, they could be moving on to the next round. Um, But obviously they play the Chiefs, and, I mean, Patrick Mahomes is Patrick Mahomes. He's the best quarterback in the league right now. Um, Well, one or two, whatever, whoever you want to make the case for. Um, But, I mean, they put up a good game against him. Um, obviously it would be a little bit more lopsided if Mahomes played the rest of the game, but he didn't and they, they almost won. So it's a step in the right direction for him. Uh, the chiefs obviously are worried about Mahomes, um, and hoping he comes back. But honestly, if he doesn't come back, I still think they have a shot to win because I mean, Hene will have an entire week to practice with the first team, uh, figure some stuff out and, if Buffalo is going to keep score 17 points again, I think Hennig can put up 17. So, I mean, it could be a ball game. Mm. Yeah. If it, if, if Henny's playing, I'm not, I'm not as confident. <laughs> I would say I definitely. No, I'm not either. But yeah. yeah. I don't know. I think I think that Chiefs defense, I think so much of the focus is on Mahomes and the offense. I think that Chiefs defense is better than a lot of people give it credit for. You got the honey badger, yeah. you got Chris Jones. Chris Jones might be the second best player on that team. Um I think there's a there's a lot going for that defense. I think it's it's highly underrated. Um so I could see uh Buffalo getting some problems there. Obviously, we want Mahomes in there. I'm really I mean the the we really really what we want to see is a full healthy Mahomes go up against the full healthy Josh Allen and 
and have a fun high scoring game. That's what we want out of Chiefs Bills. And that's exactly and me personally, we, we want a Chiefs win with that. Um but uh but yeah, I think right now all signs point to Mahomes playing. The sports books came out and set their lines. I think they believe that Mahomes is gonna be playing. Um if Mahomes, I mean, if Mahomes doesn't play, that's got to be maybe the biggest tragedy in sports <laughs> this year. Um, it would be Mahomes not being able to play in the AFC Championship game for the Chiefs. Um, but yeah, and the Bucks and the Saints. The Bucks won thirty to twenty. They finished plus four in the turnover differential. Drew Brees had three picks and uh, Jared Cook had a fumble. Uh, it was the first time the Bucks beat the Saints this year. They lost the two other times. A uh, couple of points here. One, Brady scored a touchdown and then attempted to high five a referee, which is just insulting. That is. Like we we know you get all the calls. You don't need to be so public about it. I mean, what's wrong with the guy? It's oh my goodness. Uh there was a report that came out via Jay Glazer that Breeze would be done after this season. Uh after the game, Breeze said that he's gonna take time to think and then make a decision. So I'm not sure where Jay Glazer got his information. Uh, Brady and Breeze caught up after the game and Tom threw uh, football to Breeze's kids. So there's a video of that. Um, which, I mean, it was kind of nice to see humans after the game, you know, as opposed to just the athletes. But uh, I still don't like Tom Brady. You know, it's getting to the point where it's like I kind of like Tom Brady, but I really don't like Tom Brady. And um, and the fact that the Bucks win is just is just maddening. I don't understand it. The Bucks they didn't they didn't play well most of the year. Brady, I mean, the stats say one thing. Brady hasn't looked great a lot of the year. Um but I mean, granted this game was not Tom Brady's doing. I mean, if the defense is going to play like it did, if it's going to get four turnovers and your average starting field position is going to be like the 27-yard line of the other team, then, yeah, you're probably going to win most of those games. Um, They scored 30 points. 21 of them came off of the turnovers directly. A lot of miscues from the Saints. Drew Brees looks like he's done. Um Apparently, Michael Thomas is going to get surgery on two different injuries. And the only reason he didn't was because he knew that it might be Breeze's last year. And so he wanted to play in the playoffs with Drew Breeze while he still could. Um, so I think it'll be interesting if once Michael Thomas comes back fully healthy. Also, Michael Thomas making some noise uh, to where he might get moved out of New Orleans. So he could be on the move. Um, it, it'll be interesting. The reports are that if Breeze retires, they they would go with Jameis. They would bring Jameis back is what I'm hearing. 
but um, which De- Jameis threw a touchdown yesterday. So um, he did. It's interesting, but I mean, I hate the Buccaneers. I really hope that they just get throttled in Lambeau this coming weekend. Um, I hope Aaron Rodgers just puts them in their place. And uh, and it might be the end of the era for Drew Brees. Yeah. Um, obviously, we watched that game together, and Drew Brees just looks like – I mean, he looks his age. Uh, he's doing a bunch of check downs. He's not really putting the ball down the field, so – it's yeah, and then when you turn the ball over four times, that's not gonna help you at all. Uh, the Bucks defense played great during that game, um, so yeah. Hope the Green Bay decimates Tampa, um, and I mean it's gonna be cold there. So I mean. Old people move slower in the cold, so maybe <laughs> that'll slow down. I I want to. I just want to say something. We have everyone like as a as a planet. We have had a rough past year. I think we would all agree with that. As a country, we've had a past year. I mean, just as a planet, COVID, all of that. It has been a rough past year. We are all on the verge of depression and anxiety the last thing we need is tom brady in another super bowl that that would just i mean if if the buccaneers win this weekend and tom brady's in another super bowl that might send me over the edge (laughs) i i can't i can't do it i i we are not in the state as a species of human to to be given Tom Brady and be prepared and be able to get through it. It's not we're not there. Um, I know the league would love it. Though the league just loves to decorate Tom Brady and whatever they can give him. But uh, as much as I'm. If it's what it takes, here's, you know, I said earlier, I'm hoping, I'm praying, Philip Rivers, please retire, make the call for him. I'm willing. If if what it takes, if Philip Rivers being our quarterback next year means that Tom Brady will lose this game this Sunday, I'll take it. I I I I legitimately I want Tom Brady to lose more than I want my team to win. That's that is that is where I am, and I believe I speak for most of America, even New England now, because I think they're upset that he left. So, well, yeah, I guess maybe Tampa's rooting for it, but um, but screw them. No one liked Tampa anyway. Yeah, I mean, I hope they lose this next game, but that's mainly because I want Kansas City to win, and I want Green Bay to win. And I want to see Kansas City versus Green Bay. I want to see that is true. MVP players of this year going head to head and just lighting up a scoreboard because 
both can do it. So, and if I might, I feel like, you know, Tampa Bay gets there. It's going to be like, Oh, Kansas city is going to light up the scoreboard. Tampa Bay is going to put up 20. That's not that fun to watch. <laughs> I, uh, I too would love to see Kansas city and green Bay. Two of my favorite players right now, Patrick Mahomes, Aaron Rodgers, um, throw in Travis Kelsey, Devontae Adams. You got, I mean, it's quality people there. Honey Badger, love him. Um, love him. I'm also financially invested in uh, if it's Kansas City, Green Bay, it's a nice little $17 for me. Uh, well, actually, it's more than that because I have if Kansas City comes out and I have if Green Bay comes out and then I have if Kansas City and Green Bay come out. So, so I'm going to say it's about it's I'm about $22 or $25, something like that. If it's Kansas City Green Bay, it's a it's a nice little bonus. And if Kansas City wins, it's $55. And so uh and Rodgers gets MVP, it's $25. So I'm I am all on give me the Chiefs, give me the Packers. Uh this is how much I believe in this take though. You know, you might say he's biased because he bet. No, I bet because that was my thought process is that's who it's going to be. So I guess more than anything, money's nice. Uh, The money is a nice bonus, but being right is the real prize. So there's that. Um, The Lions have hired Dan Campbell, the Saints assistant head coach, as their head coach. Cool. Yeah. I think he coached at Miami at one point. Okay. I I think he was – I recognized his face. (laughs) So. The Chargers hired Rams defensive coordinator Brandon Staley as their head coach, which is an interesting decision because you have Justin Herbert and the trend in the NFL, and it's a copycat league – uh, would be to hire an offensive mind at your head coach to pair with your young, promising quarterback, but instead they went with a defensive coordinator. I mean, maybe they're thinking, well, we figured out what we're doing on offense. Let's make sure our defense is good now. <laughs> I don't know. Or, or maybe he knows how to use timeouts and knows how the play clock works and can manage a game. Because that's, I mean, the bar was not set high by Anthony Lynn. <laughs> do you, do you know how you, do you know how a basic human being would manage a football game when it comes down to it? Oh, you do. We didn't have that before. We'll hire you. Um, let's see the Baltimore Ravens released Mark Ingram to save $5 million. This guy was the face of big trust one year ago in Lamar's MVP campaign, and now he is released. Yeah, uh, I was surprised by this move, um, mainly because, I mean, he's a good vet. I mean, he's never complained about any kind of playing time or anything like that. Um, but I mean, I guess, you know, he did have his time with JK Dobbins who has emerged as the running back. 
Um, so time for him to move on. But yeah, kind of surprised by it. I was surprised by this move, especially I was surprised. I remember when he got signed by Baltimore, I was surprised how cheap he was at five million a year. So this leads me to my next point. Indianapolis. The it looks like all signs point to you letting Marlon Mack walk, which leaves you with a running back room of Jonathan Taylor, Naheem Hines, and Jordan Wilkins. Now, that is a pretty good running back room. However, if Jonathan Taylor were to get injured, I do not want to be stuck with Naheem Hines and Jordan Wilkins. I believe Mark Ingram who already I thought was pretty cheap, will be cheaper now coming off injury and a down season. Uh, if we would bring in Mark Ingram to be that veteran presence, it's a very – that's the other thing with a running back room. If you have Jonathan Taylor, 99s, and Jordan Wilkins, that's a very young group of running backs. Bring in Mark Ingram. He's a great veteran, a great locker room guy, good personality, you probably get him for two to three million dollars. Give him a one-year prove-it deal. Bring him in. He rotates in and out. I don't know who doesn't like it. I think the only issue with it is, you know, you got you'll have four running backs at that point that are all, you know, getting snaps. So I mean, just no. I think then you know. At that at that point, here's what I'm doing. Here, at that point, here's what I'm doing. Taylor's the main guy. Hines is there. Ingram is a sparingly used, you know, Taylor needs a break. We're on a goal line, stuff like that. And Wilkins is there. Mm-hmm. But, and in the case that Taylor would – get hurt as running backs do they take the most damage of any position you have mark ingram and nine minds to fall back on and jordan wilkins and i like that better than Hines and wilkins i'm just thinking for a cheap price to bring in a good personality who is probably realizes he is at the latter end of his career isn't going to get as many snaps but can help some young guys succeed and and go to a team with a great offensive line who has Super Bowl aspirations. I want him. Yeah. I know every, everyone always says, you know, they always say, hey, Bo, do you ever think a player might go somewhere other than Indianapolis? And I say, I just know how to fit him in. I just know how to fit him in. Make me the GM. I know how to make him fit. It's a puzzle. I'm putting the pieces together. I like it. I want him. Him and Ertz. Bring him in. Uh, NFL changes the combine format. All on-field workouts will be conducted at on-campus pro days. All interviews are virtual. Medical exams are virtual and will have limited contact. So it will not be in Indianapolis. I'm genuinely sad about this because I usually watch quite probably too much of the combine, honestly. Well, th- this was similar. Just oddly, enjoy watching it. Did they were they able to do the combine last year before everything shut down? That's what I think I, I believe, remember they did. I'm pretty confident. I watched it 
for the yeah, most I, part. I feel like. I, I, I feel like I remember them being like, oh, we're just happy we were able to get that in beforehand so that we were able to do that. So it'll be interesting to see how this affects the draft now. Yeah. Um, the Eagles are interviewing Colts offensive coordinator Nick Sirianni for head coach. So both the offensive and defensive coordinators for the Colts are getting head coaching interviews. Shows how good our coaching system is right now. Uh, and the first female ref in the Super Bowl, Sarah Thomas, will serve as a down judge on ref Carl Sheffer's crew. Awesome. She's <laughs> done good up to this point. So, In the NBA, the Philadelphia oh, – we'll just kind of run through this. There's a little bit to – I mean, there's a massive thing to get to, but there's little headlines along the way. So – uh, the Sixers are having a bit of a problem with COVID. They played with seven players one night. Uh, they have had several games postponed because they the contact tracing, they can't get enough eligible players onto the court. Um, Heat and Celtics was postponed for similar reasons. Uh, Markeith Morris was ejected after an altercation with Boogie Cousins, who was then ejected after a flagrant on LeBron James later in the game. Uh, Boogie Cousins has been kicked out of a couple games this year thus far. Um the Pelicans and Mavericks were postponed because Dallas didn't have eight eligible players. One night after he was an assist short, LaMelo Ball became the youngest player in NBA history to have a triple-double. I think LaMelo is going to be the best of them. Um, and that I've never really been a huge fan of LaMelo. Um, I think he's matured a lot, which is good because – he was not very mature as a kid, which not all of us are, which can't <laughs> say I was really either. But he's balling on the court. You know, he's doing what he needs to do. Um, which is great. I mean, this is just a – yeah, I mean, it's the very beginning. It shows he has a lot of potential to be a really good player. Uh Multiple NBA players who previously tested positive have tested positive a second time. So they're trying to decide if it was a possible false positive the first time, if it's a false positive this time, or if they are in fact being reinfected. Those reinfections are believed to be rare, but also news has come out that perhaps once you get COVID, you have the antibodies for three months and then you are susceptible to receive COVID again. Yep. So we, so to recap, we are now uh, 11 months into this, and we know nothing. Yep, 100%. That's where we're <laughs> at. Uh, the NBA is looking into some Kyrie drama, whether he broke protocols or not. He missed a game for personal reasons and then was seen in a video at a club for his uh, sister's 30th birthday. He wasn't wearing a mask, yada, yada, yada. Uh, typical Kyrie Irving, just creating problems. Um, during Kyrie's drama, uh, James Harden was creating some drama over in Houston. Uh, he had a bad stretch of games. It appeared to many that it was one of two things. Either he was past his prime or he was not trying, um, which, which many believe that he was simply not putting in the effort. He looked very out of shape. Um, and, uh, just wasn't 
getting free throws and it just looked like the effort was not there and he's wanted to be traded from Houston. And so then news came out that the Rockets plan to keep Harden away from team until they can trade. And later that day, the news broke that James Harden would be sent to Brooklyn in exchange. Houston would receive three Brooklyn number one picks. They would receive or three Brooklyn first round picks uh, four Brooklyn first round swap picks, Dante Exum and Kuruks. They would also receive a, a Milwaukee pick from Cleveland, and Cleveland would receive Jarrett Allen and Torian Prince. Uh, and then uh, Brooklyn was going to send Karis Levert to Houston, but Houston decided instead of Karis Levert, we will send a second with him and take Victor Oladipo from the Indiana Pacers. Um, So lots of movement here. There are winners and there are losers of trades. Um, What, what did you, I mean, this all, I was driving down to bankers life when this news hit. Um, What did you make of this? blockbuster trade in the NBA, Casey? Um, I mean, obviously we're going to start with the James Harden part because um, it's the biggest news. Um, this is either going to be a great move and you know, they're going to win or it's going to blow up here in a couple months. Um, and so we're going to have to wait and see um, whether, you know, Kyrie, KD, and James Harden can all share the ball enough because i mean not that they can't share the ball i mean they all are good teammates and um will pass it to each other but like they both they all want to score i mean that's it comes down to that they all want to score and who's going to be willing to be the third guy who just goes okay i'll pass the ball off i'll get the assists and i'll get the rebounds um and we'll kind of take that step back and i really don't think any of them are going to want to do it so i don't know if it'll work out um Overall, I think Houston, I mean, they got a good return back. Um, it's not the greatest that they could have gotten back probably, but, I mean, I think they just wanted to be done and just get it over with. They know that's where he wanted to go, so just ship him off there and get what you can back from him. Um, the Pacers trading Oladipo part, I'm sad about because, I mean, Oladipo played at IU. Um, then, you know, we traded for him, and he became, you know, him, him, the big star for us. Uh, so, saddening to see him leave. But, I mean, he's talked about wanting to leave uh, the last, like, year or two. Um, and he's been wanting to get traded, basically, or just he was going to leave. So, to get something instead of nothing's great. Um, it's bad to hear, obviously. Uh, Chris Levert or Karis Levert, I keep saying Chris. Uh, he's out indefin- indefinitely at the moment because he has a small spot, was found on his kidney. Uh, that's not great news to hear uh, after trading, you know, our star player for him. But it's great for Karis. I mean, he might have just saved his life by getting traded. Um, so, you know, if that's what we have to give up to save a man's life, I'm okay with it, you know? <laughs> I'll deal with it. Um, yeah, so I think Brooklyn lost this trade, which I think is very rare. 
I think it's very hard to do in the NBA if uh, if you acquire a top five, top ten player and uh, and you lose a trade. I think that is incredibly hard to do in the NBA. But I wholeheartedly believe Brooklyn did it. And I mean, congrats to them on that accomplishment. How, losing a trade where you where you acquire a top five player, amazing. Um, so Brooklyn, I don't know why Brooklyn. I mean, it's a different GM. I'll give them that. But uh, they are dead set. They are not drafting. They traded away everything to get Kevin Garnett and Paul Pierce, and now they have traded away everything to get James Harden. Um, the, I mean, <laughs> I don't know what the time table is in Brooklyn. All I know is the clock is ticking and eventually it expires and it explodes. I, that's how, that's how bombs work. And so that is, I, that's, I see Brooklyn as a ticking time bomb with the personalities of Kyrie Irving, James Harden and Kevin Durant all there. Um, especially with, I know Mike D'Antoni's there on staff, so that helps, but Steve Nash is a rookie head coach. God bless him. I, (laughs) this is, I wouldn't wish this upon my worst enemy. Um, maybe Tom Brady. Um, but the, I think Brooklyn lost this trade. They trade away Jared Allen. They trade away Torian Prince. They trade away Karis LeVert. That's all their death. And, they are left. They have no defense. They are toast. They the they are hoping that they will outscore everyone. But guess what? There's only so many shots that can get put up in a game. Um, Harden has historically struggled. He's a volume shooter. He's not incredibly efficient most nights. Um, Kyrie Irving uh, is a ball handler and shooter, very similar play style to James Harden uh, and Kevin Durant. I think is one of the best scorers ever. I think uh, is probably their best defender now. Um, they then they're looking at. I believe I'm not. I haven't. You know, I haven't watched the games right now, so I'm not. I think DeAndre Jordan is starting for them. Uh, that is, I believe, simply because he is the only option to be at the five spot. Uh, there is no one else on that team to take that role. Um, I think the next guy up is Jeff Green, who's a 6'7 small forward, would be the five. Um, mm-hmm. I believe they are starting Joe Harris. I believe I believe they are starting um, – I'm not sure if Kyrie's back yet, but um, he's not. Uh, but I believe once Kyrie comes back, they will be starting Kyrie, James Harden, I think Joe Harris, and then Kevin Durant and – DeAndre Jordan. Now here, now in that list, Kyrie Irving plays no defense. James Harden is better than he used to be, but still not great at defense. Joe Harris plays no defense. Kevin Durant is a decent defender, and uh, DeAndre Jordan, you better hope he's a decent defender because he's not very good at anything else. But the um, and then on the bench you have Jeff Green, you have Spencer Dinwiddie. And I think that's it. Um, I mean, you, obviously you have more, but no one of note. Um, whereas before you were, 
you could interchange Jared Allen and DeAndre Jordan. Uh, Jared Allen's a very promising young center. Um, he's a great rim protector, great defender. Uh, you had Torin Prince, who played the small forward, power forward role. He's also a very good defender. Um, you had Karis LeVert, who was a scoring machine. I think he was averaging 26 and a half. Um, so you had him coming off the bench. And then you had uh, – okay, so that's everyone they traded away. I mean, this team – going into this year, this team was exciting because you had Kyrie and Kevin Durant, which, I mean, you were waiting to see how that worked out. Um, but then you had a lot of depth and you had a lot of great players. You had Dinwiddie, Lavert, Allen, a lot of playmakers – around them now you don't you have Kyrie you have Harden you have Durant and you're hoping that's enough to go you got a big three in a league where there's really only big twos right now so I guess there's that um but right now Kyrie's been on a leave of absence for personal time uh if 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 you uh if there's something going on that we don't know about you know it's understandable but as far as everyone knows this is just kind of Kyrie being flaky like he normally is. Um, I think it's, you know, let me get this in real quick. LeBron made it work with Kyrie for three years and Durant couldn't make it work with Kyrie for two weeks. Um, so there's that. Um, I mean, this team, I, I just, I'm waiting for it to blow up. I don't think they're, they're going to win. Uh, I, I think they'll win a lot in the regular season. I don't think they're going to win a lot come postseason time. James Harden has been known to struggle postseason, uh, and they have no defense. <laughs> and that's usually when teams start playing defense is in the postseason. Um, so I think they'll be a. I think they'll be a good regular season team. But I also think those personalities. That's going to be tough. Um, going to be a lot. <laughs> Uh, Houston, I think maybe came out a little better than people might think. Um, I'm not a fan of the players that they added. I would have rather had Levert than Oladipo, um, personally, if I'm Houston. Uh, so they get Oladipo, Exum, and Curix. Uh, the four Brooklyn, here's, here's where I think the hidden gem might be. They have three Brooklyn first and four Brooklyn swaps. And there are rumors right now going around that Kyrie might retire early. There are, I think this is, I think the personalities are a time bomb. I think if this doesn't work, James Harden maybe leaves. He's got two years left, like what is it? Two years left on his deal. Um, so if it's not working hard and maybe leaves, I think Brooklyn, maybe, I mean, initially you look at that and you go, well, Brooklyn's going to be so good now. And I'm not sure Brooklyn will necessarily have they might have better picks than we think in the in the in the next few years. Um yeah. especially if you get I mean they've got what three first and four swaps in the next seven years of drafts from Brooklyn. Um and Durant's only under contract for three more. I mean, they in, in three years, they could all leave, and then Brooklyn's got no draft picks for the next four years. Mm-hmm. Um, 
So that's that's interesting. Uh, the Milwaukee one, I'm guessing, won't be worth much. Uh, I think Giannis, they'll probably still be a high seed. I think it's just for – I'm not sure which year it is that the Cavs had, but I don't anticipate Milwaukee taking a big step down. It's pro- it's. I'm guessing it's certainly in the in the near future, if not this year, next the next year or the year after. Um, but I think that's the main that is the main haul that Houston's got was the draft picks. Um, I'm not a huge fan of the pieces that they brought in in exchange for James Harden from a player perspective. Um, it will be interesting to see. I think Oladipo made his debut the other night. It'll be interesting to see him alongside John Wall and Boogie Cousins. Um, Speaking of Oladipo, I think I might. So I worked an event at Banker's Life the other day. And there was a guy walking out the same time as I. And I said, have a good day. He said, thanks. And I'm following him out. And I'm kind of looking at him. And he gets in this nice car. And I had the thought to myself, I don't know, but... I might have just been the last person in Indiana to see Victor Oladipo before he goes to Houston. <laughs> he had similar haircut, uh, similar height, similar build. Um, it could be someone who just looks like Victor Oladipo. He had a mask on, he had a coat on, so it's hard to tell anybody, you know. Yeah. But, you know, maybe had to come – clean out his locker and and he has snuck in and out through the main way before uh, we have seen him before working there so i don't know now as i as i say that i hate to do this but i think the pacers certainly got better out of this trade just for being a part of it uh they bring in karis lavert uh karis lavert doesn't have the persona of victor oladipo he has not been elected as an all-star uh, he has, uh, he doesn't have the name power in Indiana that, uh, Victor Oladipo does, uh, not necessarily the face of a franchise like Victor Oladipo could be in a small market. Um, however, hear me out people. Cause I've got, I've got some Pacers fans that are a little salty right now. And they, and they don't like that I think that the Pacers won the trade because they Victor Oladipo is just beloved by them. One, I want to take a moment to remind you that Victor Oladipo has been asking to be traded for a year. So keep that in mind. Like, do not feel bad that he left because he didn't want to be here. Um, same thing with Paul George. I had a guy call me. I'm The same event I'm working at Banker's Life. I got a guy called Banker's Life Fieldhouse and talk to me and he wants to talk with the general manager because he thinks they're all idiots because they traded away Victor Oladipo and they did the same thing with Paul George. And now he's a superstar over in LA. Okay. First of all, Paul George, not a superstar in LA. He actually choked very hard in this last playoffs. Um, he, if anything, you could argue he was a borderline superstar in OKC where he was briefly considered an MVP candidate. Um, uh, Vic, Paul George also made it very clear that he wanted out and Victor Oladipo has now made very clear that he wanted out. Do not feel bad that Victor Oladipo is gone because he did not want to be here for you. So you should not want him to be here. Um, Second off, uh, just from the players themselves, Karis LeVert, here's how he matches up with Victor Oladipo. He is taller. He is younger. He is under contract. He is cheaper. 
He is uh, the similar build. He plays the similar style. In my opinion, the Pacers at worst came out even in the player department in the production that Karis LeVert will bring that with Victor Oladipo. At worst, they are even, and they get a second-round pick out of it. Um, and so I think the Pacers got better just by being a part of this trade. Uh, by Houston wanting Oladipo instead of Karis LeVert, which I still don't entirely understand. Uh, the Cavs, similarly, they give up a Milwaukee first that they had, and they get Jared Allen and Tareen Prince, who I would say uh, Cavaliers also got better just by being a part of this trade to make it work. Um, I'm not sure what the plan is, though. They have Andre Drummond. They have Kevin Love. They have Jared Allen. Cavs are a lot of big guys now. Uh, the rumor could be that Kevin Love is on the move. Yeah, and that may be. But I don't know how Jared Allen and Andre Drummond work because they, I mean, they're both very much true, the five position, true centers. Um, but I would say Cavs and Pacers won the trade. I say Houston, we have to wait a little bit, but I think they're going to be happy with what they got as far as draft capital. I don't like the player acquisitions as much, and I think Brooklyn lost in acquiring James Harden and sacrificing everything else on their team. All right. Now there is a report that Houston did have an offer from Philadelphia. That included Ben Simmons and Matisse Leibel and another young player there. Um, that I, I can't remember the name off the top of my head. For all in terms of purposes, the Philadelphia offer would be would have been better, um, unless Houston believes that James Harden is just going to go to Brooklyn. It's going to collapse, and those picks are going to be good. Yeah. Um, so it, it, interesting because it seems like the Philadelphia trade would have been better and James Harden wanted to go to Brooklyn, which at that point I'm saying I would, he's, he's being a problem, whatever. I'm not going to give him what he wants. I would almost sacrifice what I'm getting just to make sure that he goes to like, I don't know. I'm trying to think off the top of my head, Toronto. Or, 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 uh, or Portland or something like Orlando, Orlando. Yes. Send him somewhere where he will not be happy. I think Toronto would probably be the worst just because everyone says they hate playing in Canada, but, uh, yeah, I just hope that Brooklyn has enough adult ballets to entertain James Harden. Um, The NBA is implementing a new testing plan, and they're going to try to in- implement game day testing. Karis LeVert is out indefinitely with a small mass found on his kidney. Uh, LeBron came out and said, why is it everybody versus me? Which I think is funny because he recognizes that literally it is everyone versus LeBron. And it's because you won last year. So therefore, it's everybody versus you. Here's the thing. Here's the other thing about the James Harden trade real quick. I am surprised that Durant wanted this because the whole thing in Golden State, there is no winning here for Durant. The whole thing in Golden State was 
So what, dude? They're 73 and nine. They won a title before you. What? I mean, you just made them unstoppable, you know? There's no if 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 Kyrie, James Harden, and Kevin Durant fail, it's bad for Kevin Durant. Yep. And if they win, it doesn't matter. You had Kyrie Irving, James Harden, and Kevin Durant. <laughs> I don't understand why this is something. I thought Durant, the whole reason he left Golden State, I thought was because he wanted to do his own thing and not bring in another top five player as he had with Steph. Yeah. That would be argued, oh, yeah, you won, but look at the team you had. Okay. Uh, Sixers still getting postponed. The Cavs are looking to trade or waive the ex-first-round pick Kevin Porter Jr. after a screaming match with team officials. Apparently there was food throwing and all kinds of temper tantrums. Um, J.R. Smith? I don't know if J.R. was there. Well, he threw soup at somebody one time. I remember that back in the Cleveland days of LeBron. No, apparently it was over. Um, basically, the Cavs gave the locker room over to Tarn Prince. Oh, that's why he's mad. Huh. Interesting. Yeah. Uh, Kyrie Irving bought a house for the family of George Floyd per Stephen Jackson's report. So there's that. Good job, Kyrie. Uh, CJ McCollum is going to miss at least four weeks with a small fracture in his left foot and a midfoot sprain. Miles Turner has a fraction in his hand in his day-to-day. No surgery required. Uh, Delonte West is now working in the same drug rehab facility that he attended after being homeless. And Adam Silver says the NBA has discussed having players receive vaccines to educate people about its safety and effectiveness acting as a PSA for the general public. I'd be mad if I was a player. <laughs> but, like, I ain't getting this thing till we know what's going on with it. Yeah. Like, like we said earlier in this episode, 11 months in, we still know nothing. <laughs> That's my own little thing. I'm probably not getting it for a while. Um, oh, we're, pro- we're probably not eligible for a while because they're uh, giving it all to the medical workers. And I mean, by the time they, by the time we're eligible, we'll have an idea of what it's doing. Exactly, and I'm okay with that. That's fine. With me. Uh, uh, no, that's what I do. The same thing with the iPhone. Don't get it the first day. Yeah, you wait. You, it's yeah. It's like let them work it out. Let them work it out. The bugs. Yeah, exactly. Uh. The national championship, Alabama beat Ohio State 52 to 24. Yeah, we expected that. Maybe. I'm just I'm just gonna go out there and 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 say for everyone who was saying Notre Dame shouldn't have been in the playoff, apparently Ohio State shouldn't have been either. Oh no, I didn't think they necessarily should have been either. Uh, well, I mean, everyone was saying Texas AM should have been playing. Well, Notre Dame kept the game closer than Ohio State did against Alabama. No one was Screaming Ohio State shouldn't be there. There's a lot of people who are kind of upset with them being there. I mean, they only played six games. Well, yeah, for the lack of schedule. But everyone kind of – in college football, it's like Alabama, Clemson, Ohio State, and then someone else is in the playoff. 
Yep. <laughs> uh, wide receiver Chris Olave. Olave, I don't know, is returning to Ohio State. I'm gonna say it's Olave. I don't know if it is, but it's a makes that uh, wide receiver draft class of this year a lot weaker than it was. Really. Uh, according to Mel Kuyper, he was number seven among receivers. I thought, I mean, I've watched him in quite a few of the Ohio State games, and I mean, he looks really freaking good. I was hoping <laughs> I to take him in like the second round. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, I'm going to take Mel's word on this because, you know, he's, he knows a lot more than me. He probably watches a lot more tape than me. Probably a lot because I only watched the game once and then I don't do it again. <laughs> Uh, but I mean, he's, I would have been pretty happy, excited if he, I, my team had drafted him. <laughs> uh, offensive guard Wyatt Davis has declared for the draft. He is the number two guard on Kuiper's list. Woo. Uh, Mets GM Jared Porter is fired after acknowledging he sent unsolicited explicit images to a female reporter while he was with the Cubs. Come on, man. Can't do that. I mean, I feel like we all know this at this point. That's a no-no. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Well... We've got the AFC and NFC championships this weekend. But that is all the news up to this point that I know of. As far as I know. So we will wrap up this episode of Sports Shenanigans. You can check out the link in the show notes. It takes you to everywhere everywhere we are streaming. Uh, It takes you to all the social media pages. Takes you to the email. So you can send us an email. Let us know what you think. Give us your hot takes. Oh, we have an email from Mike. I almost forgot. Sorry, uh, we'll, we'll get to that in a minute. Uh, you can send us an email. Let us know what you think. Give us your takes. All that good stuff. Uh, the email is hmsshenanigans at gmail.com. Uh, the uh, Twitter is at sportshenanigans. Facebook is at Sports Shenanigans HM. And uh, tell a friend about the show if you enjoyed it. If you didn't, don't need to tell anybody. Uh, I mean, you can tell them to listen. Uh, you don't need to tell them what you thought about it. Uh, rate, review, subscribe helps with the algorithm. And here we are, an email from Mike. It's been a while. Uh, last time we got one was about, well, I can actually look here and see exactly Oh, it was almost two months ago we received an email from Mike. Um, was the last time. And nope. as as suspected, we covered that in an episode with me and Ben because Casey had just gone on break. And uh, and I thought, well, we haven't got another email from Mike. I wonder if you've been listening to that one since Casey wasn't on it. Uh, and apparently he didn't. So <laughs> that would be why. I draw Mike in, baby. That would be why we did not get an email from Mike until now. So he says, hey, guys. Uh, Oh, sorry. The subject line is sports, just S-P-O-R-T-S. Sometimes he does it with a Z. Um, He says, hey, guys, just listen to the latest episode. I don't know what was said about my last email. My bad. Yes, it is your bad, Mike. We expect you to listen regardless of who's here. If we put it out, it is quality. 
Um, he did watch the beginning of the Steelers Browns wild card question mark game. Yes, that is correct. It was the wild card game. I ended up going to bed around halftime because I had school the next day. Well, Mike, you didn't miss much. What you saw in the first half was about how the rest of the game went, but such is life. Crazy first quarter. Everyone was looking for the Steelers to win, but they looked freaking terrible after the first 15 seconds. Hey, Mike is getting the NFL right now. And uh, don't know what was going on, especially since the Browns head coach was not there. Oh, well, Mike, that was the same as the rest of us. We said, what is going on? What happened to the Steelers? What happened to the Browns? They have no head coach. Uh, In NASCAR, there have been several changes through the offseason before we start in February. Back in the fall, they announced the schedule for 2021. Some of the big changes to that are that NASCAR is no longer going to Kentucky or Chicagoland in the Cup Series and are instead going to Nashville. Hey, Nashville's a good place. As well as changing the race at Indy to the road course instead of the oval using the road course at Daytona and are changing one of the races at Bristol to dirt instead of on pavement uh, like in the past. This will be the Cup Series first race on dirt since 1970. Well, Lots of stuff happened in a NASCAR. I had no idea. <laughs> in addition, there are at least two new teams coming to the Cup Series. One has spoken a lot about, one has been spoken a lot about with Michael Jordan and Denny Hamlin. It was also announced that singer Pitbull will be joining previous racer Justin Marks in his formation of a team. Lots of other small stuff happening throughout the offseason as well. It's hashtag pit stops are fast. Mike Klinger. Oh, his phone number is 260. Oh, sorry. Um, <laughs> the, uh, yeah, I knew Michael Jordan, Jimmy Hamlin. I, Pitbull, Pitbull is the nickelback of rap music. Like, everyone says they hate him, but he has sold a lot of songs. So Ooh. someone's got to be listening. <laughs> <laughs> Um, any thoughts there? Any last thoughts, Casey, as we wrap up the episode? No, think good. All right. Well, go check out the link in the show notes. Uh, connect with us. Let us know what you think. Again, rate, review, subscribe, tell a friend, and, uh, we will see you next time to recap the championship games and get ready for the Super Bowl. So pit stops are fast. <laughs>